Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. Really excited to be close to a holiday. Yep. It's rounding out the summer with the last three-day weekend. Yep, we're driving right towards Labor Day weekend. It's episode 115 of The Long Finish, and today we're going to talk about the holiday. We want to find you a wine that's perfect for your Labor Day weekend. We're getting ready to relax, chill by the pool, something outside, something not too crazy, and we have the right wine. So this is the Vicara Domino Spumante Brut Rosé from Piemonte. Italy, vintage 2021. Excited to talk to you about this wine. Excited to talk to you about how you think of wine for Labor Day in general. Sort of want to ask you now, how do you think of Labor Day? Do you think of Labor Day as like the end of summer? Do you feel sadness because summer's over? Do you feel like because we live in California, summer keeps on going? How, how, do, you, how do you think of Labor Day? I certainly don't think of it as the end of summer now. Although I, I like the month of September so very much. So I'm always excited. I love back to school. I love a new, even if it's not a new season in LA, it feels like the start of a new time, new things, school. And yeah, I like the holiday. Labor Day for me has always felt, growing up, we always started school. I mentioned this on other podcasts episode that we always started the Tuesday after Labor Day, but Labor Day always, I think of as sport related. I think of school starting, I think of football being about to start, and I think of the U.S. Open tennis tournament. So, like so much of my life has always been sport related. Maybe thinks of the end of, end of summer, but it's still pretty warm. I mean, where, when I was growing up in Virginia, it was always pretty warm. Still, California summer never really ends. The main thing I know is just that you're not supposed to wear white pants. And you do you adhere to that? No, I have some white jeans and and I'm going to wear them next week. I want some white jeans. I actually have some white pants, but I don't think I can fit in those anymore. I certainly can't fit into them now because I don't think I've exercised at a gym in like, I don't know, most of the summer. That's going to change when we get our kid into preschool next week and we complete the triumvirate. All three kids the will be in the school. What? <laughs> a three kid triumvirate of three kids. Oh my god! You know that word, triumvirate? No. Oh, okay. There's three kids. Yeah, explain it. And they're <laughs> all. It's, a, it's another way of saying three. And they're all going to be in school next week. That's so we're right. celebrating the end of this uh, long weekend, getting our kids in school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh my! During the week. This is the last weekend of total chaos. A lot of fun this week for us to start. And we drank this wine actually last night as we had a precursor to what our life could be like with a little bit more flexibility in our schedule. We went to the Hollywood Bowl for the first time this season. We went to see a double bill of Fleet Foxes and My Morning Jacket. I've seen Fleet Foxes now five times. I've seen My Morning Jacket only the, for the first time last night as a group. I've seen Jim James with you twice oh, yeah. in a solo show. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to see that 
that act. It's just great to be in the Hollywood Bowl. Oh my gosh, beautiful! Just like a gorgeous night, a epic spot in L.A. It was a fantastic concert. Very warm out here in L.A. And as for those of you who don't know, the Hollywood Bowl allows most of their concerts to bring in your own food and drink. And so, so we were talking about what wine can we bring to the Hollywood Bowl that we could also talk about on the podcast. So we thought of this wine. We'll so get- now normally we do, normally every other, every episode we drink while we're doing the episode. But this is the first time we're doing the episode with just a slight hangover of the wine. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but we had a fun time. Now it's a, and now the wine is a memory, yeah, in our head. But so, I, I, I've you know, I've as everyone knows, my memory is it's a steel trap. It is really great time last night. Always fun to be out there seeing shows. I'm hoping to go to the sing along, a classic uh, annual production in the Hollywood Bowl, where they do a sing along of the Sound of Music. Hopefully, that's my number two trip. I've never been. I've always wanted to go. That's in a couple of weeks, so hopefully we'll get that ticket and be able to make it, but stay tuned for that. Before we get into this bottle of wine, talk a little bit our exper- uh, a little bit more about our experience with the wine last night. I can't let go of a topic that we've been talking about for a couple oh, weeks yeah. now. Okay, this is good. It started in the Total Wine episode. Mm-hmm. And then first of all, I want to say there's been some discussion online about this Total Wine episode that we had. And we hope you all know that Catherine, who leads the wine program, and not only at Esther's and Rustacania, but in our household, has an ethos about finding wines that are properly farmed, small producer. But we understand that not everyone who listens to our show can get to Esther's or can get to small wine stores. So we have an episode for Total Wine so that people like my parents can go have a bottle of wine with organic grapes. Etc. So there was some dis- discussion, healthy discussion. Great. I loved it. Great. Great. And we just want to make sure we continue to explain why we made that trip. We're going to keep celebrating the wines that we know and love, but we know that there's parts of America that can't get to some of the wines we talk about. So we wanted to do an episode like that. Yep. It's just about accessibility. And as much as we love small production, we also just want people to drink wine. And what's great about that episode is it led us to a man named Bocce. That's right. Who we had a great time discussing on the episode, so I encourage you to check it out. And he talks about, or Captain relays the fact that this man, Bocce, loves to put his wine in cool climate waters and leaves them. Yes, because it's the perfect temperature, it's, you know, airtight, and the small currents in the ocean really do magic things for the wine, especially in terms of the texture. Now, we have learned that there's a bunch of other folks doing this too. It's been very interesting. This is a real movement. So on our Instagram, I don't know if we can do this, but in 2021, CBS Sunday Morning did a small segment on a company from California called Ocean Fathoms that also puts their wine off the Pacific Ocean uh, in a town near Montecito. And they had some great people, reputable people, on this program talking about the benefits of putting uh, wine bottles in the ocean waters in this cool climate, including Raj Parr. I hope we can show this on our Instagram because it was fascinating. Five-minute clip that everyone who has an interest in this weird, unusual phenomenon that 
Not only that, Vouv Clicquot apparently has liked this idea and started doing it for some of their wines as well. And didn't they say that somebody got the idea, either Vouv Clicquot or somebody got the idea because of that, you know, shipwreck that they discovered that had like over 100, 150 year old bottles of champagne that were still perfect and delicious and drinkable? That's correct. It was the owner or one of the owners of Ocean Fathoms mm. said he, when he was reading about this. Oh, that's where he got the idea. He got the idea. Okay. Got exactly. It. And so now I bring this up because there's a recent food and wine article. And actually, the Washington Post picked it up, LA Times, talking about a California wine company that's, that's Ocean Fathom from the 2021 piece of CBS Sunday Morning having to destroy 2,000 bottles of wine 2, after 000. illegally aging them at the bottom of the ocean. Now, there is some, if you go to this article on food and wine, I posted it last week. I'll post this one as well. I'll post one from, from Santa Barbara. You know, a lot of this is the FDA saying this wine is not consumable, but we've seen people of repute taste these wines and say they're delicious. So now it's like there's some red tape hang up because it's, it hasn't gone through government protocol. Yeah. Are these wines not cons, you know, consumable? Yeah, is it safe? Yeah, exactly. Is exactly. it safe for people to drink? And also, is it safe for the oceans to have all that stuff down there? That's another issue, too. And this, what's funny about this Ocean Fathom company, they were, I don't know how seriously they're taking these charges. Apparently, when the, the government first got involved with this, they brought the wines up and had a wine tasting. Charge a thousand dollars to taste some of these wines, no, knowing that these people, that these wines were potentially going to be taken away from them. So there's a lot of um, interesting information about this company, Ocean Fathom. So they got in trouble with the law. They've had their bottles taken away from them. They've had to pay a fine. There's some investor issues, but they don't feel uh, it. Doesn't sound like they're done doing what they're doing. So this is a whole new. I mean, did you even know this existed? A couple no, weeks ago? I'd heard. I've heard. I had heard of it. Like I said, but I just wasn't really, you know, taking it too seriously. To me, I'm fascinated by it. They call it like a sunken treasure because uh, the the wines, the outside, the wine bottles themselves become pieces of artwork. Oh, they living do look artwork. amazing. Yeah, with all these barnacles and yeah, shells and all kinds of things on them. So. I will do my best to find a way to post something from the 2021 CBS Sunday Morning talking about this idea. But it really started from bo- from Bocce. So, yeah, our little trail. Our little trail. Mm. So I'm now utterly fascinated about this topic, and I'm going to stay on this subject like a private investigator and get to the bottom of this. I mean, I'm going to make sure that I know everything about underwater wine storage. <laughs> <laughs> that's your next. Um, well, you know, that's your next script. Like, like underwater basket weaving was like the uh, the sort of geek, like the sort of jokey, you know, easy class to take. But I want underwater wine storage. To, that's my next thing I'm going to study at Santa Monica College. Do we need to be storing underwater the wine that we're talking about tonight, Catherine? I don't know. I think this is more of a pop and pour. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure we need to to be aging this for a long time. You did say about this wine, and we talked about our Labor Day wines. What we want to think about: simple, easy, fun. And the thing I, that you said the last night about this wine is like this wine allows you to enjoy it while you're talking about other things. Yeah, you know, like there's a time and place for wines that require a lot of attention that are nuanced that are the star of the show that are amazing 
And I don't know, when you're at an outdoor concert or when you're hanging out with your friends by a pool on Labor Day, that's not the time for that wine. You know, that time is when you are in, I don't know, a more quiet atmosphere or just like with some close friends, but you are allowing a wine to age and you're focused on the wine. When you're focused on something else, then the wine can just be enjoyable. And that's exactly what this is le- was for us last night. I can listen to music. I can smell what everybody's smoking right next to me. And it's not like bothering me because my wine is good and simple and not, it can, doesn't take a rocket scientist to enjoy it. I can shush the person Oh gosh, do me. not get into that. I'm going to. I have to get into it. Why? Look, I, I just want to talk about this wine. I, I, I want to talk about wine, but people come to this podcast for the wine, but also about our life. Oh. And I have to say, like, I, I want to ask a question to the audience. If you're at a concert and people are singing a cappella and you're talking during the concert, I think that's rude. I think that's rude. People are working. And maybe because I come from the arts world, people are working. On stage, I think that you need to respect that. You and, and, you do, and it's important. And a shh, could you quiet down, please? I, is appropriate. I actually said, listen, because oh they were wearing they were wearing my morning. Don't go there. I'm gonna do it. They were wearing my morning jacket shirts, and Fleet Foxes was singing. And I said, I know. I'm so, I said, I, I'm so sorry. I know you're not here for Fleet Foxes, but would you mind being quieter? She, and then she says, it's a concert. <laughs> I said, I know it's a concert. I'm trying to listen. And, you know, whatever. And then they were they were quieter then. But they, you know, no, no one likes to be scolded. But I'm like, come on. Now, see, you come from a family where, where you s- express your. Yeah. No, if someone behind you is kicking the seat on the airplane, you turn around and you say, excuse me, could my, you stop kicking the seat? Oh, my gosh. Both now, my parents. Both my parents turn around and give yeah. me death stares. Now, here, I come from a family <laughs> where if someone's kicking the back of your seat, you go, uh, uh, But to yourself, just, or, or just passive aggressively loud enough Sorry. for maybe everyone to hear. <laughs> Why? Blow it out the mic. No, I believe you know this. I believe in direct <laughs> communication. It's not emotional. It's just, hey, this is how this is what I like to happen. If you don't want that to happen, then that's fine. But we should both be able to express our opinions. And while this was going on, I was still enjoying my wine. You were. I was still enjoying my Vicara Spumante. I just want to make sure that rose. was that was noted for history. So when our kids listen back to this when they're thirty five years old, they know that. I said something at a concert. Nine times out of ten, if there's an altercation, it's dad, not mom. <laughs> no altercation about this wine. This wine was super enjoyable, super fun. Can we tell the audience again what we were drinking last night and why we think it's perfect for this Labor Day week? Yes. So this was the Vicara Dominos Bumante Brut Rosé 2021. This is a delicious blend of Grignolino and Barbera. Grignolino, maybe not as familiar, but native to Piemonte. It's kind of like a lighter Nebbiolo almost. It's got like red berry fruit, herb spice, but like, and light, but packs a punch with a tannin. And it's light in color, but it's got like some grip to it, tannin to it. 
great with a little chill on it. Anyway, that's Grignolino. Then the Barbera. Hopefully you know Barbera by now. Also tons in Piemonte. But years ago, it was like the third most planted grape in Italy. I'm not sure if that is current, but it's very widely planted. Again, got that red fruity note, low tannins, high acid. So together, it's just fruit on fruit. And the wine was deliciously fruity, like cherry, strawberry, bright fruit that felt like it was super ripe, but not sweet, maybe a little floral, a little like white pepper thing. And then just fresh bubbles and a dry finish. That's all you want. That was it. Perfect with our salad. Perfect with cheese. Perfect with barbecue chips. Um, True. Honestly, it was just great. Very crushable. Easy to be like, just like you said it. Pick it up. Put it in your glass. And enjoy it. Not really think about it too much. And be like, I just want to get back to listening to the music. Now, the other cool things about this wine, which I've learned is it's from Monferrato, which is just west of Turin in Piemonte. And this Monferrato is a world UNESCO heritage site. Now, you probably heard that before, right? Like, oh, what world UNESCO heritage site. What is that? Okay, well, there's some in the U.S., but there's a lot in Europe. And basically, they're cultural or they're natural sites that are considered to be of outstanding universal value. Basically, like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. E- right. Um, they're, they're on a heritage list by the Heritage Committee. So they have special importance. So they could be, you know, in Monferrato, for example, there are five distinct wine growing areas that have outstanding landscapes and there's a castle there. And so it's just the natural landscape, I guess, including the castle, that is the UNESCO heritage site. Basically, it's somewhere worth visiting if you're on if you're on a trip for sure. And Vicara is a partnership of several winemakers: Diego Visconti, Carlo Cassini, and Domenico Riza. And they are all from the area, but pulled together to make this project together. It's organic. They have native yeast fermentation, and it looks to be a beautiful site. It's between the Po River and this hilly, it's on um, a bunch of, the vineyards are on these hills between the Po River and the plains of Alessandria and just looks amazing. So yeah, I mean, taking a trip there today and thinking of, in my mind, you know, and thinking about this area, but last night was able to just enjoy the wine simply and enjoy the concert. I think another thing about Labor Day wines, and this wine fits, fits that bill, two things, affordability. Yes, big right? time. This is a nice, affordable, sparkling wine, rosé. Yep. And, I mean, and so a sparkling rosé, oftentimes, you know, sparkling wines are, can be more costly than a still wine. This is a nice, affordable version of a wine that can be fun for Labor Day. You go to a party. And also what I think about a wine that I want to have for Labor Day or a party, it's like, I don't, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I don't want to be eyeing that wine all the time. Like, I want to, if I bring a nice bottle of wine, I want to make sure that I have a glass and a half because I really want to drink that wine. This wine just feels like something you want to share. If it doesn't come back to you, you're like, that's totally great. Or bring two bottles. Bring two bottles. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Pass it around. And and this is not, this is made in the tank method. It's made in the same method that Prosecco is made, 
where the second fermentation is in a big tank. It's not in the bottle. So that means it's more affordable. It's less costly to make. And all those fruity, fresh flavors that we talked about from the Barbera and the Green Nolino are preserved. There's not a lot of Lee's aging. There's no biscuity, yeasty character. There's no oakiness. It's just fresh, fruity, and again, made in a more affordable method of making sparkling wine. Question for you. What does spumante mean? Spumante just means sparkling wine. It can be produced really in any area of Italy, any grape variety. It could be a classic traditional method, champagne method, or it could be Charmant method or Tank method, which is this wine. It's not Petnat. That's something different. But Spumante is just Italian sparkling wine. Now, one other fun thing about this wine is the label is so cute. And and that's something you can enjoy when you're out there on Labor Day by the pool or at the concert. And it says in a, you know, the drawing by Rube Goldberg. So I had to look up who that was. I did not know, but now I'm learning I Wait, should you're know. familiar with a Rube Goldberg machine, right? Yes. Your brother loves those things. He loves them. But I didn't know the origins of it, that he was an American cartoonist who died in 1970. And it was this type of machine that has basically spurred so many other of these reaction type machines, basically devices that perform simple tasks in indirect or convoluted ways. But people use it as a metaphor for in politics. People use use this, like what he created is the base of many, it's the single origin point for many references in many fields. And what I did not know is that Rube Goldberg is the name of a person. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a dude. Hmm. Um, he had a little bit longer name, but everybody called him Rube Goldberg. So this is a, like, Rube. it's such What's a, up, Rube? It, this is such a funny, like a uh, silly, totally ridiculous machine on here that pops the cork off the wine. I'm not even going to describe it to you, but you'll see it on our Instagram. It's so cute. But I love it because I, you know, I'm used to or- opening wine with, you know, straight up old corkscrew. When we went to a friend's house a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah, can I have a, you know, wine opener? And they give me this thing. It's like, first of all, this heavy piece of machinery with a button and like multiple things. I what what is this? You know, you're supposed to put it like this and then you press this button and then it opens wine. I was like, yeah. Do you just have one like from a convenience store that I could use? You know, and they then I opened it with that. But there are lots of fancy wine openers these days. Can you think of any pairings besides what we had last night that go well with this bottle of wine? We had cheese. You had a chicken with salad. Chicken Caesar salad. Yeah. You had a salmon salad yep. with quinoa. quinoa. Actually, yep. I think those are all good. I feel like salmon is awesome with this. You could have a salmon burger would be so great. That you delicious. could have shrimp cocktail with this. You could have grilled chicken. You could have veggie burgers. I was thinking kind of like a, I don't know, a portobello mushroom burger. All kinds of salads would be so good. It's got a lot of range. Yeah, really. Totally versatile. Like a, so much of sparkling wine, you yep. know? Yep. Where can people find this wine? 
Well, come to Esther's and have a glass of it. Currently, we have it by the glass at Esther's, so you don't even have to get a whole bottle. And we'll show you the Rube Goldberg drawing on the front, and you can have a glass. You and I drink a lot of sparkling wine when we can. Why do you think a sparkling wine is a great idea for Labor Day? Just it's the festive, celebratory. Yeah. yeah, and you're hanging out with other people. I feel like sparkling is always a great choice because it's just... It's fun to open. Talking about opening, you really don't need any device to open a sparkling wine. Very true. I also think like when you pour a sparkling rosé and it sort of fizzes, the bu- the bubble like foamy component is mm-hmm. just very very pretty. It's like you use the the description ballet slipper pink a lot of times. I think that has it. It's really pretty and um talking about evoking a party. It does that for you. That's absolutely right. And people should drink more sparkling rosé. We've been on that train for a while. Yep. All right, let's get to the last portion of this evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. Two things, quickly. My kids, because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we talked about last week with Seth Rogen, have gotten into some music that was on the soundtrack of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the song they've been asking for nonstop is A Tribe Called Quests, Can I Kick It?, which plays as the credits roll over the movie. Happened to have the album... That Can I Kick It plays from, which is People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. I believe it's 1990. It is 1990, A Tribe Called Quest. Incredible album. So happy my kids are getting into music that I grew up with. I think that's super cool. And another reason that we love Seth Rogen, my inspiration from last week. But I'm going to give one more inspiration in the hip-hop world. If you're on Instagram, there's a great account that I love called... Tracklib. Now, I believe this is a for-profit company where you can buy sampling for beats and stuff like that. But they've been running this like this Instagram, I don't know, video for the last few months called 50 Years of Hip Hop and the beats of the of the greatest songs from the last 50 years. And they sort of parse out where the samples come from and where they're used in the song. And it's just such a cool graphic. It's so cool to see some of these producers and where they pulled these beats from these songs these obscure songs sometimes well-known songs they've slowed down and this instagram page shows where and how they do it and they put the song together and then show the rap song and listen to the rap song at the end it is really cool and i don't even know some of the songs but like to see you know sort of behind the scenes how people someone puts it together and the visual effect of it is really helpful it's so cool to see like people talk about digging through crates of albums to find beats and to see where some of these people pull these music from, these little beats from, these little snippets of beats. Sometimes it's a whole song at a different tempo. It's really interesting. So if, you, if you're kind of a music geek like that and are in, interested in, oh, well, that, that beat helped make that song, you should check out Tracklib on Instagram. It's a really cool, fun account. Catherine, what do you have? Well, my inspiration is uh, also musical this week, what? but a little bit more personal. Um, You may or may not know that I've been taking piano lessons for the last year. My son, Bo, started taking them last fall, and I liked his teacher, Miss Kaylin, so very much. And I was so jealous of this time he got to spend with the piano that I started taking them too. Now, I took piano lessons as a kid for several years, and I liked it. But then I got busy with other things, and I missed it. And so I started taking piano lessons, and it's to me, one of the things I really look forward to 
the most in my week. And it's funny because as a kid, I used to dread practicing. And if I hadn't practiced, my teacher and now my teacher, Kaylin Eager, is a wonderful teacher and recognizes the fact that sometimes people do. And that's great. And you can practice. And when you don't, we improv and we make music together. And she helps me find something new. And anyway, it's an hour with music each week that I really look forward to. So thank you, Kaylin Eager. Thank you, Miss Kaylin, for your piano lessons and for that really solid inspiration in my life every single week. Big week of music as inspiration over here from hip hop to piano to Flea Foxes, My Morning Jacket music. It's the best. Does the body good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. That's it for episode 115. Of the long finish, episode 115 is in the books. Thank you to every single one of you out there listening to our show. We've met a bunch of people in the wild who have come up to us and said they listen to the show. It's been great to talk to you all about the the show, what you respond to. So thank you for listening to the show. For those of you out there who have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to us. We have a couple things in store for the fall, so stay tuned for that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Weil Coker, and you can find The Long Finish there too, at The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thank you again to everyone for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with an all-new, it's a very special episode, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. It's a big one in Catherine's and my life. So I hope you come back and join us for that one. Until then, have a great week. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.